Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Before we dive into this episode, I need to tell you about the newest Skin Grip launch. I don't usually brag about products that much, but when there are genuine companies out there making life with diabetes easier, I really do think that everybody should know about them. Skin Grip just launched their newest Skin Grip Mats collection for the Dexcom G Sits and Freestyle Libre. Not only is this a smaller in size, high performance, and non-frightening option, but let me tell you, it works. I was lucky enough to be able to try them out, and first of all, this thing did not even lift. And the more impressive thing is that I was wearing my Dexcom on my leg at this time. And we all know that that is not always possible. What I really loved about it was that it's really discreet, which I really appreciated. As much as I'm comfortable showing off my diabetes, sometimes I just want my devices to lay low. This new collection is all about Matt's performance, Matt's protection, and Matt's comfort. You can try them out for yourself at skingrip.com using the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E, to save. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Keep You 100 Radio. If you are new, welcome. My name is Lucy Pointer. I am a certified health coach, certified personal trainer, and type 1 diabetic of just about nine years. In, on the date of this release of this episode, we should be about like two weeks away from my nine year anniversary with diabetes, which is just. It, it doesn't get we- not weirder to say. So we're here. So moving into this year, we have a lot of exciting updates when it comes to technology and type 1 diabetes or just insulin-dependent diabetes because if you're living with type 2, you can totally be on insulin pumps as well. So we have a lot of exciting things coming. Last year, the Freestyle Libre 3 was developed. The FDA approved the Dexcom G7, which I am personally so excited for that 30-minute warm-up. I'm so excited for the rollout. So hopefully that'll be coming soon because that was approved by the FDA last December. But when it comes to insulin pumps, we have so much technology at our fingertips. And when we look at the major insulin technology, almost every single one includes an auto mode or have that auto mode features, including the new Omnipod 5. So if you're not familiar, the Omnipod 5 is the only tubeless option out on the market right now. The Omnipod 5 can connect to your your Dexcom G6 and basically those two technologies are talking to each other to basically make decisions when it comes to your diabetes management. It is suspending your insulin when you're going too low. It might be increasing your insulin based off of when your blood sugar is high and it learns your patterns, which is just insane to say that we're here. So on top of that, we have other pumps like the the Tandem T-Slim. I'm not personally on that one. I'm not on the Omnipod 5 either. For any reference, I'm on the Omnipod Eros, which is like the old school Omnipod. I was never approved for the dash from my insurance, which I didn't really care. The only difference was a fancier touchscreen remote. So I literally have that like brick PDM. So old school over here. But a lot of our clients come to us using these different technologies and I've learned a lot about them over the past, you know, year or two as they've been developed. So, you know, there's the Tandem T-Slim uh, which has a Control IQ fe- the Control IQ features, Basal IQ. These are again ways that your pump can auto adjust your basal rates. They can make corrections for you. You can use things like activity mode or sleep mode to change your ranges or your target blood sugar based off of the activity that you're doing. 
really incredible technologies. And then there is the Medtronic, which is um, a little bit older. That was one of the first pumps that really got to do the this like closed looped system. So with all these new technologies being on the market now, there's a lot more decision making. And there's also a lot more conversations happening with endocrinologists about the utilizing these technologies. And what I have found in my own personal experience and in the experience of our clients is that these technologies are kind of looked at as the holy grail to your blood sugar management, which don't get me wrong, we have been waiting for this technology to happen for a long, long time. And it's incredible that we're here and they can add so much control to your over blood sugar, your overall blood sugar management. But at the same time, these technologies are treated as kind of this holy grail, like one tool that you need when it comes to managing your blood sugars. And as somebody who is not on an automated pump just yet, I wanted this episode to be all on the three things that I would personally do before getting on an automated pump to prepare myself for success for those pumps. So with that being said, what we find with our clients is that they're kind of pushed in the direction of these pumps, whether it's something that they want or maybe it's something that they're not sure about, but they're kind of they're made to seem like this will be the fits to their blood sugars. Now, what has happened in some scenarios is that our clients go on these pumps and they're actually, it's doing a lot more harm to their blood sugars than good. So like before we even get into that, let's kind of go through the, the benefits of these automated pumps. Because like we said, the incredible technology, huge, huge advancements in the making. So one, these help prevent those highs and lows without needing to intervene. So this is huge because like we've talked about before on the show, there is so much mental space being dedicated to diabetes. We are constantly thinking about the numbers. So to have a piece of technology that where your insulin pump is talking to your CGM and you not having to do anything, that's incredible. So it can give people a lot more peace of mind. It can get give people a lot more mental space that doesn't have to be dedicated to diabetes. Number two, it gives a more hands-off approach to management. So again, like when we're sleeping, it's automatically correcting some of your low blood sugars. It might be correcting high blood sugars. And that in itself, if we can get more sleep, yes, please. And number three, they can help prevent highs and lows during activity. So things like like if you're running a marathon or you're just going to the gym or you're just taking your dog or uh, like for a walk around the block, you can have this pump, these pumps doing the work for you so you can actually stay present and get the results that you want from your activity by using things like uh, the activity mode that's built into these pumps. So there's a lot of really amazing ad uh, advantages to these pieces of technology. But on the same end, there are some cons. So that can look like, you know, number one, there can be a lot of confliction with our behaviors. So the pump might, the pump doesn't understand us as human beings, which can cause for some um, backfire, let's say. It's almost like fighting fire with fire sometimes. So let's just put it this way. If you're treating a low blood sugar, 
but at the same time, your pump is suspending your insulin and it doesn't know that you're treating your high blood sugar, sometimes that can backfire and lead you to a high blood sugar. On the same end, if you're taking a very intentional pre-bolus, maybe you're having a really high-carb meal, a really high-glycemic meal, so you're doing a longer pre-bolus to make sure that your, your insulin is working beforehand, your pump doesn't know that your meal is high glycemic. It doesn't know that that's going to spike your blood sugar a lot quicker. So we've seen incidents from our clients that are intentionally taking longer pre-boluses and as their blood sugar is dropping, you know, it's not in an unsafe range or anything, but the pump sees the arrow down and it sees that they're dropping. So it's suspending their basal or canceling another portion of their bolus and that's leading them to a high blood sugar post meal. So The technology, while it's great and it has these features that are like these safety nets, which is amazing, it can also contradict the behaviors and habits that we have in place. For someone like me, I'm really hands-on in my management. So I like there's parts of these technologies that I really like. I like that I'll like I think that I'll like being able to go to sleep and not having to think about waking up to an alarm. But I also don't really love the idea that some the action or sorry, I don't love the idea that the pump might be doing things um, in the background that I'm not consciously aware of. So with that, the algorithm just isn't really aware of your real life behavior. Number two, the with the hands off approach to management, we may be unaware of true patterns that we're experiencing or that are happening. So for example, if the pump is like if we're having a meal and the pump is constantly correcting us after that meal, we might miss out that our carb ratios are actually off. So those are just some things that like as somebody who's very hands-on in their management, I'm I'm pretty type A, I'm a Virgo, those are things that I'm paying attention to when looking at my decision to go on these pumps. So with that being said, the key to success with these automated pumps is to have that balance between letting the pump, you know, do its thing and allowing it to run on the background but and it being optimized, but also working with your behaviors. So when we get to kind of control these two things or optimize these two things, the pump is going to work beautifully because we are working together with it. We're no longer fighting fire with fire. We are actually working with the technology and working with the pump rather than having complete unawareness around our behaviors or complete unawareness around what the pump is doing and having all hell break loose because I've seen it before. It happens. So for me personally, my endocrinologist, we've talked about the Omnipod 5. I will be going on it eventually. For me, the biggest incentive is having, being able to bolus from my phone. I hate carrying around this brick, guys. I I hate it. It's so annoying. But I've been doing it for almost nine years now. So it's kind of one of those things I do by default. But with that being said, since I have the iPhone currently at this time, um, that is not FDA approved or it's not approved to Uh, be an app on the iPhone just yet. So while I could go on the Omnipod 5 and use the the PDM, we just both didn't see a sense in it since it's not something that I'm like really, really excited about. It's just more of like when it's available, sure. So before I go on the pump, before I go on the Omnipod 5, what I will personally be doing are these three things. So number one, 
I'm going to be taking this time to perfect my baselines. So if you haven't listened to the podcast before, then this is kind of a defining moment. But when we talk about baselines, we are talking about those foundations in our management when it comes to our pump settings, or if you're on multiple daily injections, kind of the main settings that you use, the main um, ratios that you use. So here we're talking about your basal rates, so the insulin that's running in the background. For a lot of these automated pumps, the, the, the pump is constantly changing your basal rate. So while like hypothetically we're not on one basal rate, I do still believe it's really important to understand our baseline basal rate so that we know, you know, at default, what should we be getting? Because again, technology can break. (laughs) So we should know that for when we go on injections, if we have to go on injections again. But also, it can just give us that um, kind of that, that baseline number of, okay, like if I'm looking at the data from the pump and what it's doing to my insulin throughout the day, I can kind of know, are my settings correct? Are my target numbers correct? And you can have more leverage for making any changes appropriate with your endocrinologist. So, the more essentially how I view it is that the more that these numbers are dialed in, the more accurate your basal rates are throughout the day, the more accurate your carb ratios and correction factors are throughout the day, and the more that you're aware of these numbers, the less work that the algorithm has to constantly do to catch up. So the number one thing that I will be doing over the next few months is really making sure that I'm dialed into my basal rates. And as we know, this these numbers can change all the time, which also I just think it's a really great skill set to have of knowing when I come off of the of looping or I come off of control IQ or I or I go onto manual mode, you should know how to test your basal rates or test your carb ratios to really understand like when changes need to be made, you have those that toolbox in front of you. So I will be doing this. I will be making sure that my basal rates are dialed in based off of the time of day, based off of where I am in my cycle, based off of the seasons, my activity, etc. Number two, this one I always get hate for because it's kind of the most annoying thing to do, but I swear it is so, like when we're intentional about it, it's such an amazing tool and amazing muscle to build. I will be going through a carb counting assessment. So I know like we're told from day one, just count your carbs and do the thing all the time. But here's what happened is what happens, right? Like the more that we go through a behavior, the more that we subconsciously don't have to think about it. That's the the science of, of behavior change. But what happens is that it makes it a lot easier for um, habits that we don't want that don't serve us to creep in. So the more that we get used to carb counting, on a day-to-day, the more that the habit creeps in that we're actually guesstimating our carbs. So I know that we've all done it. We see a bowl of cereal. We're like, that looks about 50 carbs. We're going to go with that. Or something that I've also heard or done myself is I look at a meal and I say, that looks about like five units. I'm going to go with that. And in reality, these behaviors are actually not serving us because we think that, you know, we've had so many years with diabetes, we just know every carb count there is, right? Like we're just a human library for carb counting. But in reality, this is almost like a muscle. If we're not using it periodically, we're not using the skill set and using the right toolbox, we're not growing the right muscle, that muscle's going to get weaker. And 
maybe when we go through that carb counting assessment, we look at that bowl of cereal, we might think it's about 50 carbs, but when we actually weigh it out or measure it, it's maybe like 75 carbs. And we wonder why our blood sugar was spiking all this time. But we kind of had that default defense of like diabetes is just doing its thing, which I've been there before too. So the the systems can work to your advantage, but we also have to have that skill set and we have to make sure that that skill set is actively practiced. So I like to just kind of periodically, I'm not weighing every single meal that I have. I'm not using a food scale for every single every single night at dinner. I'm not like using my fitness pal every single day, but it is a really good practice to, you know, maybe once a quarter or every few months kind of take some time Use apps like MyFitnessPal, or if that's not your jam, just take out your your um, measuring cups or your food scale, and just go through an assessment for one week. You know, just one week. You know, whether it's breakfast or lunch or dinner, one meal a day. Just get used to like weighing that out or measuring that out, and just see. Okay, if I were to estimate this based off of my previous experience, what would that number be? Okay, now I'm weighing it out or I'm measuring it what actually is that number? Okay, how close are those numbers? I can almost guarantee you that (laughs) the numbers are going to be pretty different just based off of like human experience, human perception, and going off of like anecdotal evidence sometimes. So go through a carb counting assessment. If you want to dial it a step further, I would make this a more of like a macronutrient assessment. So this is where I'm looking at protein, fat, fiber, and, and carbs. So when we're doing this, we can actually get a bigger view of what's on our plate and we can kind of use that to assess, okay, how are our boluses? What is our bolus strategy actually reflecting? I highly recommend it. I think, you know, carb counting or macro counting, it can be such an incredible tool if we use it the right way. Obviously, you don't want to get obsessive over it. We don't want to have to feel like we have to plug in every single meal, but if we let it be, a tool, we can really use it to our advantage. So number three, the last thing that I will do before going on an automated pump is assess my behaviors. So just like we said before, our behaviors can really contradict the the pump's actions. So we want to be very mindful of what are current behaviors that we're doing before the pump steps in. So one thing that I will be kind of self-assessing is, number one, what are the emotions driving my decisions? So we all have the tendency, I don't care who you are, if you're listening to this and you live with type 1 diabetes, even if you don't, we all have emotions that drive our decision-making, we all have emotions that drive our actions. So one thing that I'm going to be very aware of is, what are the emotions that are coming up as I'm experiencing a high blood sugar? What's coming up as I'm experiencing an arrow up or an arrow down? or when I hear my alarm go off, because chances are the emotion that pops up during this experience is probably not serving us. So as an example, um, I get in a habit, or I have gone on a habit in the past, of when I see high blood sugar, I rage bolus. Like, do not recommend doing it because it can be very dangerous, but I hate those sticky high blood sugars so much that I will just take a dose and not think about it and wait for it to come down. If it doesn't come down in like 20 minutes, I've gotten the habit of taking another one. 
So me being very mindful of one, the emotion that's coming up during that behavior. So that, you know, I'm frustrated, I'm annoyed, I'm overwhelmed probably. And then being mindful of the actual behavior that I'm doing. I'm rage bolusing. I'm going against what my pump is recommending and I'm taking an extra bolus. Now, when we add in the component of a automated pump with that, that is automatically increasing our basal rates or it might be giving us micro corrections at the same time, that can be a recipe for a disaster. So what I will be doing is kind of going through a self-awareness assessment, kind of observing, okay, what are the things that are coming up during these everyday experiences? How am I treating my high blood sugars? How am I treating my low blood sugars? What are the emotions that are coming up or what's present as that experience is happening? That way, when I go on to the Omnipod 5, essentially I can have this self-awareness and neutrality around those numbers. And maybe neutrality is like not the best word because do we ever get there? Maybe not. But more or less, how can I reduce my reactions so that I can trust the pump to do its work? But also, so our, our behaviors and our actions aren't butting heads and I'm not just living on that roller coaster. So again, to kind of revisit everything that we walked through. So before going on the Omnipod 5 or going on an automated pump system, things that I will personally be doing that I think everybody should go through before jumping into a new piece of technology is one, perfect those baselines, make sure that your basal rates, your carb ratios, your correction factors are on point, make sure that you're very aware of those testing processes, make sure that you're getting the accurate feedback from your endocrinologist. Number two, go through a carb counting or a macronutrient assessment. You know, every few months, just make sure that you're rebuilding that muscle and fine-tuning that skill. And number three, assessing those behaviors and the emotional drivers that are coming up as the high and low blood sugars are happening. Thank you so much for joining us, joining me, I don't know why I say us, on this episode of Keeping It 100 Radio. I will make a note that if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we have just released our newest free resource that I'm so excited about. This is a free quiz that is going to tell you exactly what to focus on inside of your blood sugar management. So whether you are planning on going on an automated pump, whether you are already on an automated pump or you have no interest in going on an automated pump, you can take this quiz. It literally takes two seconds to take. Sorry, not two seconds, two minutes. Don't quote me on the seconds. And it's going to break down exactly based on your goals, your situation, your experiences. It is going to tell you where to shift your focus in your blood sugar management so that you can have more predictability in your blood sugars and overall reach those goals without all of the noise and all of the things that we see online happening. So that will be in the link in my show notes. If you have any questions, just DM me on Instagram, send me a screenshot of your results because I would love to hold you accountable. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us. See you next week.